everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Joy and Infertility Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and my hope is that you will join me on this road of finding joy, even in infertility. Happy Thanksgiving week, friends. This is literally one of my favorite times of the year. We get to be home with our family in Florida and just soak up all the fun and all of the food. So I hope you guys are doing the same. First of all, I just wanted to say thank you for all the love and support you guys have shown since our announcement on our last episode. We are just so grateful for you and just honored that God has brought us together on this journey together. Today, I get to chat with my good friend, Mandy Morrison, about something that honestly, I just didn't know much about. When you enter the world of infertility, you really have one goal, to get pregnant. And sometimes we don't consider what that might involve, especially when it comes to IVF or in vitro. After you get your dream, you're pregnant, your family's complete, then what? What do you do with the remaining embryos? Do we consider an embryo to be a life? Many of us might cringe at the idea of adopting out your embryos. How do you allow someone else to have your baby? How do you watch someone else give birth and literally raise your flesh and blood? And what questions come up as that child grows up? I'm so thrilled for you to hear Mandy's story of how God spoke to her heart about what she should do with her remaining embryos and how that has led to one of the most unique relationships and really the beginning of an incredible story. At first, it was was really hard. I mean, just seeing seeing him... um, there's a there's a like sense of longing that you have um, that's I guess kind of unexplainable. I don't know. I when I when I would see him, I would want to hold him. She has just made that so much easier as time has gone by because she's so generous and shares everything about his little life with me and sends me pictures. And um, so I would I would say that it's gotten easier. I still look at every single picture as she posts or is gracious enough to send me. You guys are going to hear a couple of text message dings throughout our interview. And I want to mention it because that is actually the child's mother texting Mandy that she's praying for her during this interview. That's the kind of relationship God has brought out of this whole story. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear the rest of this. So let's jump right in. Hey, Mandy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? Good. We are praising the Lord together that this is working because this is our second time trying and the first time technology did not cooperate. And we're so glad it's working. (laughs) We both yelled for joy whenever, whenever we could hear each other. And I'm just, I'm really excited for you to be on today because you're a good friend of ours. We, we went to church together. Um, And not only were you always super encouraging to us in our journey, and I just felt like you were always that person that you could read through my eyes a little bit whenever in the lobby, you'd ask me, how are you doing? And you could just read through me, through my, I'm fine. Thank you Um, for having me on. And so, but I think your story is going to really encourage a lot of people. And so I'm excited to get into this, your journey. But before we do that, tell us about your family. Um, well, I, um, have, Steve and I have been married now for 20 years together for 26 years. We've been together since we were 15. Um, we had our first son when we were 21, his name is Jace. And so he is almost 20 now, which is, oh, which so you don't to... even look old enough. To <laughs> <years in your house. laughs> I can't believe 
that I have a 20 year old almost it. I still just can't believe it, but he's awesome. He's going to school at TCC right now to, he's working on his basics and he wants to do, um, software design. So he's working on that. Steve is in college too, finishing up his MBA and he'll graduate in December. And then we have our youngest, um, Cash, who is going to be nine in a few weeks, just the day after Thanksgiving. So we've, we've spread them out a little bit. They're almost 11 years apart. And you are a fabulous hairstylist. Thank you. Thank all you. Of, all of our friends that go to you, they're like, oh my gosh, it was the best haircut I've ever had in my life. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. I've, I'm in my 21st year of doing hair, yeah. so... Hopefully like that's I, a long time for that career, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm only 41, so I don't see it ending anytime soon. So I'll probably have, you know, 45 years in before I finish. That's awesome. They should give you an award. I know, right? Standing on your feet for 45 years and listening, <laughs> and listening to us complain. <laughs> yeah. The, the shoes that I wore in my twenties to work in do not look anything like the shoes I have to wear now to work in. <laughs> No, you still look pretty amazing when you when you go to work. <laughs> Not seeing any tennis shoes running around that place. Well, luckily tennis shoes are kind of in right now, so I have gotten a, a few That's cute true. pairs. So, but my my clients are like, "What are you doing? Why are you wearing tennis shoes?" I can't <laughs> believe it. So you have two boys. So tell us about how that happened. Um, well, it was kind of backwards for us because Jace, our oldest, he was the surprise, and um, we weren't. You know, we weren't trying to have a baby then. Uh, I was actually on birth control, but had just occasionally would forget one. And then I would double up and take, you know, take two. And we ended up pregnant with him when we were 21. On birth control. Yeah, on birth control. And then, so, you know, we were young and we weren't ready to have another one. So we waited a while. I want to say he was probably around five or six before we started talking about having another one. And it was so easy to get pregnant with him. Obviously, we weren't trying and we didn't think there would be a problem. And, you know, we tried for several years um, and nothing ever happened. And so then we started looking into doing um, fertility treatments. Um, so by the time we got pregnant with cash, we had already done four, it took four rounds of um, IUI that, that were unsuccessful. And then our first round of IVF was successful. Yeah. So we were lucky there. We, we ended up switching doctors in the, in between all of that. Um, just about, we needed one that was a better fit. And so we were very successful at that. And we ended up having, um, we got 10 healthy embryos. I mm -hmm. used two to have cash and one, one didn't take. And then we kept the other eight stored for about seven years, I prayed and prayed because it's such a tough decision. Did you know after you had cash that you were done like immediately? No, we originally thought that we would probably have another one, but just, you know, life, life got in the way and, and it just, it really just became clear that we weren't going to have another one. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and really I knew that I would have to make a decision on some regardless because there were eight really good quality embryos frozen. And I definitely didn't want my own reality show. <laughs> so we just, we knew we would have to make that decision ultimately. And you guys decided to keep them originally because you didn't, you weren't sure if you guys were done, right? Right. We weren't sure if we were done. And, um, 
and it's just a tough decision. There, there really is only one right decision as far as I'm concerned, and that is to um, allow them to be used, whether I use them or um, donate them to somebody else. And so the problem that we ran into here where we had them stored here is that it was anonymous and they did not let me, they were not going to let me have a choice as to who they went to. Oh, wow. And I just couldn't, every time I would think I was ready to donate them, I just couldn't do it, not knowing who they were going to be going to. And so I ended up doing some research and I found a place in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it's called the National Embryo Donation Center. And they were amazing. They, they came and picked up my embryos um, here in Texas at no cost to me. They came and picked them up, oh, took wow. them back to Knoxville and stored them there. And they treat it like an adoption. So it, so it's on whatever terms I'm comfortable with. So if, if I wanted it to be open, um, then it was going to be open. If I didn't, if I wanted it to be closed, it would be closed. And so I really felt comfortable with them because I knew whoever, whoever I gave my embryos to, you know, they would be, um, okay with, because they, they would know up front that I wanted it to be open and I wanted to know who they were going to. And Steve was, Steve was on board with all of this, I'm assuming. Yeah, we, we've always been on the same page about this the, the whole time. Um, we both, you know, we both feel like, you know, every embryo, every child is, belongs to God and God only. And so I, you know, he's the only one that has the right to, to give or take life. And so um, we both knew that donating them, if we were not going to use them, was the only the only option. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we just, we know there's a lot of families out there that can't have babies and, um, we just want to be able to bless somebody and give these babies a chance at life as well. And I'm assuming you, you had to choose that you wanted it open or closed. I'm assuming the person that would adopt them would choose whether they wanted to be in an open or closed, closed <laughs> adoption as well. Right. Right. And how it works is they, they pretty much kind of just put us in their database. And then as couples would um, choose us or be interested in our embryos, then we would then get their information and have a chance to look over everything to see if we felt like it was a good fit. Wow. And so the couple that we ended up choosing, um, it was not the first couple that chose us. I almost went with another couple and they seemed great, you know, but something just kept telling me, it wasn't right. And so I kept putting off, um, getting back to them, telling them that, you know, we accepted them. And, um, so they, they ultimately ended up choosing somebody else, but I am so grateful because, um, the couple that we ended up choosing, as soon as I got their information, it was just instant peace. I knew, I just knew right away. And I felt complete peace from God that they were the right couple. So how how many years ago was that that you found her or months Um, maybe? Let me think about this. It was two and a half years ago, three years ago. And how long did it take for, for you guys to match once you got the embryos to Nashville? Uh-huh. Um, it didn't take long. It took probably, I can remember right, maybe, maybe five or six months. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So all this was happening when we were in Keller. 
Yes. Yes. So you guys, you guys matched, you had that, you, 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 I guess you approved her and they, and they moved forward. So what does that, what does that look like? Well, so at first, you know, um, we didn't have direct communication with them. Um, we had a, like a mediator that was kind of, I would go through them through the national embryo donation center through email. And then, you know, so we had somebody that was communicating between, between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we just kind of talked about our expectations and, um, ultimately, originally I had said that, or Steve and I had said that, um, you know, we just would love to have updates, you know, every six months, pictures, um, just so we knew that he, um, he or she was happy and loved. And, um, that's what we originally had agreed to. And they agreed to that. And, but since then, you know, there's nobody, there's no mediator between us. Um, Kimberly and I have developed such a strong bond. Um, we text each other, uh, we email each other, we are on social media together, and um, we haven't called each other, we haven't talked in person, um, but we have a constant line of communication open with each other, and she's so generous and loving towards me, and she she lets me send him gifts, and um, it's, it's above all I ever expected from her. That's got to be rare. Yeah, I I think it probably is. I just, I prayed, I prayed yeah. so hard for somebody like them and God was so faithful and answered that prayer um, up above any expectations I had. Yeah. I mean, she's just amazing. And so he's 19 months old now, right? Yeah, I believe he's 19 months old. So um, going back, I remember, I remember that that weekend, I, I think it was a weekend that she went into labor and, um, you, or it was during the week and you came up and you were telling me about it and you showed me a picture of him that she had yeah. sent you. And I, I mean, I could see the emotion in your eyes because he looked like your boys. Yeah. He does. I mean, that's, your, that's your son right. in, 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 in every physiological way. He's your son. What has that been like um, to watch your child basically be born and not be able to to know him? You know, um, it's gotten easier the more I've um, built that relationship with Kimberly. Um, at first, it was it was really hard. I mean, just seeing seeing him. Um, there's a there's a like sense of longing that you have. Um, that's, I guess, kind of unexplainable. I don't know. I, when I, when I would see him, I would want to hold him, you know, and, um, she has just made that so much easier as time has gone by because she's so generous and shares everything about his little life with me and sends me pictures. And, um, so I would, I would say that it's gotten easier. I still look at every single picture that she posts or, um, sent or is gracious enough to send me. And I still, you know, want to hold him and kiss him. And, but I also see how close they are. Um, the, the way he looks at her in pictures and the amount of love that they have for each other. And that is so rewarding. And that 
that's what gets me through it. Yeah. And just the fact that you prayed so much over those applicate over those, those submissions of people that wanted to adopt. I mean, you can just see God's hand all over it, that that's what, that's who he brought you. Oh, I, I totally do. And you know, that's where the peace comes from is from God. And you know, God's hand has been all over this and, um, there's just, there's just no way that he couldn't, everything has just fell into place and he has taken care of every little detail. And, um, he's definitely given Steve and I a lot of comfort and peace. Do your boys know about him? Um, Jace knows about him. Um, Cash has definitely, we, you know, we have pictures framed of him in our house and Cash always thinks it's him. He says, is that me? Because they really just look so much alike. Wow. And we, you know, we haven't really addressed that yet with Cash. We've just said, no, that's not you. And he was like, well, isn't my cousin? And we just say, yeah, something like that. And he's, he's been satisfied by that. So we haven't really gone there yet. He, he's not really sure how he got in my tummy, much less how <laughs> one of our babies got in her tummy. So yeah, that does open up a whole can of worms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of these days he will know. And, um, like I said, Jace already knows and, and Kimberly and I both talk about how we want our boys to know each other. So one of these days when the time's right, when she's comfortable with it, when I'm comfortable with it and Jason and Steve are comfortable with it, um, I'm sure that we will meet them one day and our boys will get to meet each other. And, um, I so look forward to that day because, um, like I said, he's precious, you know, he looks just like my boys and, um, Jason and Kimberly. And then they also have, they also have another son, Drew. And he is, I think he's five. He's either five or six. I, I forgot. Um, but he's adorable too. And so I, I really cannot wait for the day that we finally get to meet them. Well, that's what, that was going to be my next question is how do you, I just feel like there's so many questions that come up when you process this kind of for the first time. And you probably have gotten every question there is. Um, (laughs) What, how are, how are y'all planning to proceed as they grow up? Will, will it be, I mean, obviously it kind of seems like it's already a part of the conversation. And if y'all are talking about meeting in the future, I guess this will be just part of the way that you guys communicate about where they came from. Right. Um, so Kimberly, um, I think, you know, I mean, she, she could speak for herself on this, but just from what I've felt from her, I think that she, um, is very just kind of open about it where, where Jake came from. Um, she, you know, she has said that before, you know, early on in the, in the process that she was a little more protective over that, but as her and I have bonded and gotten closer that she, you know, she is happy to tell people where Jake came from. And, um, she, I don't, I don't think she plans on, you know, keeping that from him. Um, I don't know for sure how she wants to handle that and however she wants to handle that. I completely support her hundred percent. And, um, but you know, we're, like I said, we send each other's kids gifts and she lets me send Drew and Jake presents and pictures. And so I, I feel like, um, it's something that's not going to be a secret until he's 18 and then, 
that sprung on him. I feel like she is going to um, Mm -hmm. just let him know that and let that be a part of his life. Yeah. What, what are some of the questions that you've gotten? Have you gotten a lot from people just not understanding this fully? Yeah. The biggest question is, you know, most people say, I don't think I could do that. You know, I don't, I don't know if I could do that. How can you, how can you look at him knowing that he is your biological son and you're not getting to raise him? Um, and really how I answer that is that um, Steve and I, you know, whenever we, we sat on these, or these embryos stayed frozen for seven years and we really felt like that also wasn't fair to them um, because even though you're not destroying them, they're still not, um, they're still not being given life. And so um, we were not in a place that we were able to have another child. Um, and we just really, really prayed about it. And, and God sent us the perfect, the perfect couple, the perfect family for our embryos to go to and why I can look at, look at Jake and be okay with that is because he's so loved. I can see how much he is loved. I can see how grateful Jason and Kimberly are to us for that and to God for that, for, for bringing us together. And ultimately that's what's important, you know, is that Jake, he got, he got a chance at life and he's so loved. Mm-hmm. Well, it just adds a whole nother, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anyone that's, that's done this, but it just adds another dimension when you think about what could, what your other option was. Right. And, and the fact that now Jake is a growing toddler and he's, he's not an embryo. He's a fully functioning human being now. And yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a beautiful little person. And, um, so he just, he looks so happy and, um, flourishing. And it, it is so crazy with technology to think that he was frozen for almost eight years and now yeah. he's a living, breathing person. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, like with every, every time science and technology advances, it, it opened. I mean, we had, you wouldn't had to, you, no one ever had to ask these questions probably 50 years ago of what to do with your embryos. But now it's, now it's an ethical dilemma that we all have to face if you go down this road. And yeah. And I, I really wish that, um, when you're going through fertility treatments that they would address that more in the beginning, you know, because couples are, are so desperate to have a baby that they don't, you know, they're not really concerned with how many extra embryos they're going to have left over because you yeah, want the most that you on the one right get. now. We just want one baby right now. We're just trying to get pregnant. Right. Um, that's, that's all, that's all we were thinking about. And, um, you know, so it's, it's a really hard decision to have to make. And I, I really wish that they would, um, educate people more on it upfront. Um, so that, you, you understand the choices that you're going to be faced with if there are any extra ones. Right. So do you guys have more left at the bank? Well, so she, we gave, we donated all eight of them to her Oh, okay. and yeah. she used four the very first time to get pregnant with Jake and only wow. one. Um, and then re- recently in the last couple of months, she has tried to use the other ones and none of them took. Okay. And so that they're, they're all gone now. Um, and she's, um, you know, she was pretty sad about it. So 
you guys could keep her in your prayers. Um, you, most people that are listening have been through, you know, all different kinds of treatments and know the heartache that comes along with that. For sure. Yeah. And so, um, I think that they are not going to have any more. I don't, I don't think that they're going to, um, try to find another, um, embryo to adopt as far as I can tell is what she's told me, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, they've got two beautiful boys and, um, I know they're really grateful and thankful for that. Was that, was it part of your agreement that she had to use all eight if she adopted all eight? Um, like she couldn't discard them. Yeah. Right. So what happens is, um, whatever she did not use, they would come back to me. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think, I don't know if that's law or if that's just, I don't know if that was law or just our agreement, but they would, they would have come back to me and then I would have, you know, looked for another couple or, you know, Steve and I had talked about if they had, if there were any leftover, we were in so much of a better place that we had talked about, well, maybe we, we would use it just because going and trying to find another couple that seemed really exhausting to me. So we thought, well, maybe we'll just do it, but it ended up not happening like that. Kimberly used them and, um, you know, they, they just were not meant to be. And so we're just so happy and blessed that we got Jake out of all of that. Yeah. That's incredible. He's going to have such a story to tell. Yes. he is. So what would you tell someone that's maybe facing the beginning of their IVF journey and they, they haven't really processed those questions or maybe they are already past that and they do have embryos left over and they're done building their family. What would you, what would you tell them? Um, I would tell them, um, you know, most of all, just to pray, pray and pray and pray about it because, um, God was so faithful when we did that and he is not going to lead them in the wrong direction. He's not going to bring the wrong couple to them. And, um, as hard as it is to look at him and not be able to hold him, it's equally as rewarding and, um, to see him flourishing and to see him happy and to see them happy. And, uh, it's, it was totally worth it. Totally worth it. I wouldn't change anything about the process. Mm-hmm. And even if, even if it would be, I mean, if you feel like the emotional strain of just like what you're experiencing, seeing those pictures and he, seeing him grow up is too hard, do a closed, do right. a closed adoption. Right. You don't and have to see it. Yeah. You don't have to. And, and, you know, so many people do it that way. Um, that just was not the right way for me, but so many people do it that way too. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're, you are still blessing those embryos, giving them a chance at life and blessing a family who might not, who might otherwise never have a child. Well, Mandy, thank you so much for sharing. I know this is kind of a, just a really personal, personal topic. And it's something that you guys are going to be walking through for the next, well, really for the rest of your life and navigating how to, how Jake and your, and your boys grow up. And so um, thank you for being open and sharing that. Thank you so much for having me. As you guys can tell, this was a decision that Mandy felt very passionate that God was telling her to be a good steward of the lives that he had given her. She shared after our interview that she's researched and found that there are over 620,000 to 1 million frozen embryos in the world and less than 10,000 
will be used. I wanted you guys to hear Mandy's story for a few reasons. Number one, we need to go into this journey, IVF, educated on what options we have and what our plan is before this decision is ever presented in that doctor's office. Pray about it, seek God, and what he would have you to do with the lives that he has given you. And number two, maybe you're in a situation where having children of your own is no longer an option, but your desire is to be pregnant and have that bond with your baby of carrying them in your womb. I wanted you to hear this to maybe take away some of the mystery of this idea of adopting embryos. There are families like Mandy and Steve all over the world who are praying and seeking God's direction as to which family he would have them to choose. Maybe God is writing a story for you right now if you make the decision to pursue this. So I pray that this opened your eyes just like it did mine and just gave you maybe another way to think about this. Before we head out, I wanted to give you a heads up. As you know, this week is Thanksgiving. We are going to have one more episode this year, which will be in two weeks on December 4th. And then the next episode will be, well, the next episode will air on January 1st. I hope you guys have a really good week with your families. Just try to focus on the sweet moments during this season, even though I know It can be hard. The holidays are hard, but gratitude does not leave much room for anything else. So spend the next week just thanking God for what he has already given you. I love you guys, and I hope you have a great week. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Joint Infertility Podcast. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Remember, God is with you, he sees your heart, he loves you, and he is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.